If you want to support our podcast financially, please visit patreon.com slash IIMBSB. Also, email us with questions or ideas at ifimaypodcast at gmail.com. In today's episode, Dan and I each share the story of a formative romantic relationship. Yeah, we look at the way a relationship story can evolve over time and continue to evolve after the relationship ends. Also, just a reminder, this is our last episode of this first season, so we'll be off for a couple weeks, but we're really excited about what's coming in season two, and stay tuned for that. Welcome to If I May Be So Bold, a podcast about relationships. The ones we have with others, the one we have with ourselves. And given that Dan and I are a couple, you're going to be hearing about our relationship too. I'm Dan Epstein, a recording artist, former opera singer, and relational coach. I'm Justin Waring Crane, a therapist, recovering perfectionist, and karaoke star. Dan. Yeah. I want to ask you in this episode, we're going to be sort of outlining significant relationships that Dan and I each had before we met each other. And we're going to talk about how those relationships came to be, how they evolved Mm. and how we see them now, now that we're out of them. Yeah. From the (laughs) standpoint of like how you view the story of your life is such a fundamental thing. Um, and just going through different relationships, it's like, it's just pretty, it's pretty wild to me how the story can evolve over so many years, even after relationships end. So I'll go. Okay. So Um, how, how once upon a time, how did it start? So it's kind of hard for me to like know how far to go back because me and this person who I'm just going to call Anna for the, for the purposes of this podcast. Um, we had like a teen romance at a summer camp and, um, that was like a really intense experience. I had never had, I had had like girlfriends in middle school, quote unquote, but like I hadn't had, um, any romantic interests really going on for many years, which in my story was kind of attached to the fact that I was like, my body was larger, um, in like my preteens and then teens. And you didn't feel like you were attractive or desirable. That's right. That felt, yeah, that was my truth at the time. Um, so she and I started dating as teens, like kind of right around this time where my body was changing and I was slimming down. Um, and it was really just like, and super intense. Um, we had this whole teen sort of like tumultuous romance and then we weren't together, but we were sort of in touch here and there for several years. We were in college and then. Um, towards the end of college, we reconnected and there was this really strong magnetic pull where we were talking all the time. And essentially, as it kept going, we decided to try and move to the same place after college. We were basically together long distance for the end of college. And um, we that plan worked. We moved to the Bay Area together. Um, so... All of a sudden, we're like in this post-college phase, like kind of entering adulthood, like very much a, as a couple that was kind of all bought in. And how long did you date before you moved in together? Um, I would say two years. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like for the year we moved to the Bay Area and uh, we weren't living together, I was like at her place all the time. We spent so much time together. Um, and we had like a lot of comfort and I felt like 
man, like everything really worked out for me. It's so easy. Yeah. I was like, I was like, wow. Like I'm like in opera school. I was in opera school. I'm like with this person (laughs) who like, I'm like completely bought in. I don't have any skepticism about this person. I'm like, there was such a drama around like our teen relationship that by the time we got to this point, I was like, this went very deep for me in my own like idea of her. And wait, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it's hard to articulate. I just, I felt like, I felt like this was this sacred thing, right? Like the relationship. Yeah. Cause we'd had this like childhood connection basically at 16. And then the fact that we reconnected and it felt intense like that all over again was like proof that our, like this magnetic pull was just so, um, undeniable. Ah, yes. I think this is such a great point because I think this really ties into the idea of fate Mm -hmm. in relationships and myth. And it's like, we were meant to be, you know, it's like we couldn't, life couldn't keep us apart, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And this is what I keep coming back to is like, I'm finding as I'm processing these things, processing my old relationships and my relationship with you, I'm like, it's crazy. There's these like core moments and these core components of relationship that kind of make up the story that we feel like we can kind of ground ourselves with. Does that make sense? Ground ourselves in that, like it makes sense. Ground ourselves in like, we can, we can sort of make, yeah, we can make sense of the story and be like, yeah. And that's when I knew or like, uh, uh, and that was proof that this was, this is just right. It's not just chaos. It's not just like happenstance. It can't just be coincidence. It can't just be, <laughs> you know, it, it's gotta be this like undeniable thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I looked at this path that had, I had taken to arrive at this point, which was filled with a lot of unexamined trauma that I wasn't equipped to sort of understand but it it had it had it had ultimately led me to the place where i felt like i was exactly where i wanted to be so like therefore i trust life at this point and i didn't have any sort of sense of uncertainty about it i felt like what i had with her with anna was like this sacred thing and it was ours and we we're going to get married and have a family and it all felt really comforting to me like like the uncertainty I had been through and the discomfort I had been through was a thing of the past now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that relationship was like a haven and also like a reward, right? Like, yes. Oh, like I went through all of that and it was leading me here Mm -hmm. and I never knew, but like, of course, like now that I have it, it's like, this is, it's all of my uncertainty paid off all the uncertainty that I had to go through paid off in this relationship that mm. feels so safe and so comforting. Yes. Yeah. And and she had this like really distinct, strong point of view, which was something that really drew me in. And it made me feel like I could kind of take on her point of view and try it on. And like, I kind of felt like that was like a good version of me. Um, I did notice that she was very private and friends of mine, I could tell it was like hard for them to kind of get to know her, like feel like they, she was open to them, but I was allowed in to her sort of intimate space. And what's the Myers-Briggs? Um, INFJ? I think she's INFJ. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that felt, good to me. I was like, wow, this person I'm so, I so admire, I'm so attracted to kind of was claiming me. And that felt really important and like very, very good. Uh, mm. very satisfying. Did that feel like proof that you deserved love or like that you were special and that somebody wanted you? It was like, yeah, I you think- weren't really questioning that. You're like, yay, <laughs> like somebody like loves me and like, Yeah. And I like had the complete attention of this person in a way that was like very very much like fulfilling an unmet childhood need for me. But I I don't want to get too sidetracked by like my adult point of view, like commenting on this experience, but it's kind of hard to to disentangle. 
Um, so how did that, how did that relationship fall apart? Fast forward nine years, you're together yeah. nine years. So yeah, it was kind of interesting. Cause it was like, wow, we've been together four years. Like now we've been together six years. Like, and then it got to the point where it was like, damn, we've been together for so long. <laughs> and like, it wasn't necessarily <laughs> leading towards like, yeah, we were planning to like get married and stuff, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like moving towards that necessarily in a in a like immediate way meaning like did it feel like the relationship was evolving or deepening or what no i don't think so and um we didn't really fight i felt like other people saw us as this really like good functioning couple um and i and like very devoted and like something to be coveted maybe that was just me but that was i remember feeling that way And then this thing happened, I think when we had been together about eight years where she like sat me down and she told me that she had been hiding things from me. Um, And one of the things she had been hiding was that she had been in therapy for about like a year. And I cannot like as a a complete fucking blabbermouth, I cannot imagine hiding from literally anyone <laughs> like my grocer my my pilates instructor my especially your grocer especially my pilates instructor that i've been in therapy like literally the day i go to therapy i'm emailing my pilates studio like i just started mm-hmm. therapy like, <laughs> i cannot imagine hiding that from my p- partner for a year yeah i mean i was hiding things from her too like what like my eating disorder, which we haven't like gotten into yet, but, um, but so she told me this, she also told me some other things that I don't want to reveal. They weren't like scandalous really, but I do have this very distinct feeling like emotional memory of like, huh? Like what part of the story is this? <laughs> this isn't uh lining up with the c- cinderella yeah, like, oh, like like I, like so this is where my scent like story sense making starts to get uh get lost um and then we went through this period of like what's happening she was telling me she was you know feeling a lot of unhappiness and i was like i like we were talking about before I didn't have any sense of like raise like understanding my own dissatisfaction. Like I was leaning into comfort and like wanting to sort of keep myself buoyant because that was sort of the model for me growing up. Even if you weren't feeling it, you were that, you weren't yeah. really aware of any dissatisfaction no. because that was so just like stuffed down and like yeah sublim sublimated. Yeah, and. Uh, So we went through this period, but then during that period, I started to consider the possibility that my life might go through this big change. And part of me was kind of craving it, even though I wasn't, I felt so scared of what that would look like. Um, And then eventually we felt like we had to try something because it like wasn't going to get resolved and like we weren't growing and we were acknowledging the fact that we weren't growing and there was something missing. Um, and yeah, and it ended and since it ended, I'm just like, it's been crazy how the story is still evolved. The story of that relationship is still evolving. Now I was thinking, well, this is cool. Like in a way I'm proud of myself for like going through a major life event, I think is how I felt, even though I was so shocked and like terrified, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I started to feel like a certain, um, abundance of like, wow, I'm going to have this whole other experience that I never considered I would have. Um, and I remember it was hard for me to talk negatively about her at first. Mm. Um, and then I remember like, then I had these other core memories that were after it, like our good friend Becca. I remember the first time Anna and I were in, uh, in a, like a public event together, a social event was at our friend's wedding and it was when you were together no no at post breakup -breakup. first time first time post breakup and i remember um it was really intense because we hadn't really done that we had this still like kind of really intense like sort of weird enmeshment even in our breakup for a while and i remember our friend becca being like 
telling me that they were talking about on the car ride home from the wedding, how it was crazy that Anna and I had dated because we're so different. Hmm. And that felt like cool to me, like that the perception, because that had been such a part of my identity. Being in the relationship had been such part of the identity that like, it was like, oh yeah, I'm an individual. Like it felt good to like Hmm. reclaim that. I remember like buying clothes for myself and like not like way having her weigh in on mm. whether she liked them. I was like, this feels right. Like, yeah. I think important context here is she would buy clothes that she wanted you to wear. Right. Yeah. Or suggest like certain styles or vibes, which is me. so wild to look at pictures of you when you were in that relationship. <laughs> You're unrecognizable. Like <laughs> you look like you look 10 years older. First of all, that's so weird. it's everything your style back then was like very like preppy like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like bad glasses bad glasses like strange like lacoste like polo shirts maybe okay but like that was the vibe (laughs) nothing against j crew like if j crew wants to sponsor us like absolutely i'll accept but we'll we'll consider (laughs) we'll consider it yeah. So you're, yeah, you're now saying like, Hey, like I'm my own person mm-hmm. and going through therapy and being like, Oh, there were things that led me to this relationship, you know, or like there were things that made the relationship feel that sense of sacredness that were way older and way less simple or sort of like plain than I wasn't totally. thinking about them in the moment. I think what you're talking about is, um, I guess trauma bonding, like, um, the confusion, like how, um, our activated attachment system gets conflated with love. Mm. Like, Oh, my, my whole nervous system feels like activated and excited. And like, I just can't get enough of this person. And it's like, Oh, like that's how I felt about like my mom, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think, yeah, when you, when you have that realization that like, right. Oh, I thought that was love, but it was actually just an activated attachment system. Yeah. And I think we both had this real sense of like, we were escaping the darkness that we had experienced previous and it felt like such a huge relief. Um, and it felt amazing and it, it was meaningful at the time. Totally. I mean, I think it's like a coping mechanism. It's like this relationship allows me to relax and my nervous system actually like Mm -hmm. has a respite from all the stress Mm -hmm. that I've been experiencing and it's just such a consolation and like, Oh, I feel so yeah, it's just like such a relief. You're like, mm. so how could this not be? Yes. You know, the relationship that I need. It's like, well, similar to how like let's say um I don't know, um any other like maladaptive like coping mechanism. Like let's say like shopping, which is the one I have. Um it's like it's not gonna help but it's like it feels like such a relief to like and it's like well thank goodness that you had something like you had something even if it was unhealthy it's like you yeah like if you didn't have that you you know maybe wouldn't still be here <laughs> so yeah Yeah. Yeah. But it was really interesting because like I said, the story feels like it has continued to evolve, especially like being in this relationship because it's like I hadn't had as long. Being in relationship with me. With you. Yeah. In that relationship. Um, It made it made me reflect on that relationship in ways that I hadn't in a long time. And also there was this really interesting thing that happened well, for one, when we were breaking up, she expressed that I didn't really feel like I was showing up. She didn't feel like I was showing up in certain ways. Like she felt like she had too much power in the relationship and she was like making all the decisions and that I like I wasn't really there. Um, and then after we broke up, 
I also remember feeling like I was struggling so much and my life felt really chaotic having that relationship go away. And I felt like I had this narrative in my head that she was like doing a better job of like growing and healing out of the relationship than me. And I don't know totally why I thought that, but that was like the sense I had. But then, yeah, more recently I had this memory come back of this fight we had like right at the beginning of when we were moving to the same place. And I remember we were like, kind of just like we were really butting heads and we reached this sort of stalemate and we just sat there. We were actually in Italy, like in this square in the middle of this town and sitting on the steps. And I just kind of remember feeling like, well, I'm not going to like give in, like just sitting there quiet, like just sort of like looking stoic and waiting. And then after about, I think like 20 minutes of just sitting, no talking, she just like laid into me and just started really kind of like nasty, like domineering, like bullying, like, don't you ever do that. And, and it really worked and worked how I, I was like, okay, I won't do that anymore. And I, it was just crazy because the story was changing now, remembering this and being like, oh, like that was a major part of the power dynamic was because of this one event that happened where, you know, I don't know what other paths were available to go from there, but this was the path that happened, which was like, okay, I don't like it when I make her do that, when my behavior leads to her being like that. So I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. It was less about, um, what you wanted to cultivate in your relationship and more about avoiding being in trouble with her. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that was a layer. It was like, I wasn't interested in delving into what had occurred in that really intense confrontation. I just kind of wanted to not go there again. Okay. So looking back on that relationship, like what, if you could just, I don't think it doesn't have to be super succinct, but like, what do you think about going through that relationship, going through that breakup? What do you think shifted like about, what do you think about going through that process shifted your view of, of the world or your view of yourself? Mm. Well, I feel like in that relationship, I was trying to kind of go the path of that I had seen in my parents of sort of like, I'm okay, you're okay. Like pretty non-confrontational, like keeping things buoyant. Um, and it, it like when that relationship ended, I had to really shift my idea of like the meaning of things. Cause my me the meaning of like things having worked out and things like me having struggled so that I could end up in the place I wanted to be like, that wasn't the story anymore because something new and really big was happening. And it felt like, it felt like I like went down into the, into the woods, um, in a way that was completely new and completely, um, just, just like life altering. And, um, I wasn't like, it was clear to me that the answer was not like, okay, like I'm going to like grieve this relationship and then I'm going to get into another one. Like it was bigger than that. So it really changed. And then like going through that process of sort of unpacking, um, what was, what that relationship had allowed me to not allowed me to not examine in myself changed my identity and my sense of my own identity. Does that make sense? Sort of. Um, maybe let me ask a different way. So how did your experience in that relationship affect how you have approached your relationship with me? Well, I mean, I would say that relationship and the fallout of that relationship has changed in that has changed my ideas about what's healthy um, and so with you, it's made me want to, um, it's made me want to reveal 
the things that are going on that are hard for me to reveal um, because I know that it leads to it leads to like a deeper sense of knowing each other and like um, also it has the whole experience of being single after that has made me really want to keep my life as an individual balanced and like be sort of thinking about how like what is the status of my own well-being apart from you um and how is that affecting my relationship with you like mm-hmm. i have that awareness that feels really like a a very big piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. totally Okay. Okay. Now for the real show. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to tell the story of an influential relationship (laughs) in my life. (laughs) I sound hammered. How many many syllables can influential have is the real question. I'm channeling my dad. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. Do you want to set me up for that or? Yeah. So how did the story begin of that relationship? Okay. So I would say very shortly after my college relationship ended, Mm -hmm. um, I met, we're going to call him Mark out one night at a dive bar in Silver Lake. And had I processed or grieved my, my breakup? No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but I thought that, you know, the whole, like you to get over someone, you get under someone thing. Like I, I like really mm. did believe that in well, my I've bones. Never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't get over someone till you get under someone. Um, so I was like a complete mess, but I was mm. also really good at pretending to be, not be a mess mm. or at least I thought it was kind of pretending that but um did you feel like you were pretending uh no okay I think that was a really key part of my whole act <laughs> at that time was not only was I really good at pretending to be okay I legitimately thought that I was okay mm. okay so I'm out one night couple girlfriends at this dive bar in Silver Lake. Um, I meet this guy. He's there with some friends and I really just felt drawn to him. Mm -hmm. And we talked for a little bit. I got his number. And then later that same week, I went to a barbecue at his house Mm -hmm. and we chatted a little bit then. And I think one of the first things that struck me about him was that he just seems so adult. Mm. He was only 25 at the time, which seemed like so old and so mature to me. I think I was 22 at this point. He already had a house. He was out of college. He had a job. He had a padded toilet seat, which I was like, that's so chic. (laughs) He had a clawfoot tub and he just seemed like so okay. Okay, meaning he seems so like stable and just like solid, solid Mm -hmm. and not like rattled by life in the way that I was, but pretended very much not to be. And I think I was attracted to the stability that he exuded Mm -hmm. as someone who hadn't felt super secure financially or just in who I was as a person. And I just didn't feel like my life was all that swell. Um, all that swell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So not that swell, <laughs> but here was someone who seemed to have it figured out. Hmm. 
And aside from that, like I was physically drawn to him. We had a good chemistry. We liked to dance together. We liked to read to each other. So we just sort of like fell into dating without really defining the relationship or what exactly was going on, which is like classically such a good way to go into a serious relationship. That's funny, yeah. Um, so, but what was the story then, though? What was the story then? I okay. I was very much still um, inebriated by mm. this cultural mandate for women to be super chill and mm. like super cool and like super low maintenance. So I was like just already pretending that I was okay in life. And then within the context of the relationship, I was just pretending that I was totally getting my needs met and it was totally cool with me. And I didn't need to know like if we were a boyfriend and girlfriend or like if we were dating, but like, of course I did need to know those things, but I just did not want to be seen as the type of person who cares about that. But you were committed to not asking for that type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Eventually I was sort of, I sort of did this thing where I was like, I just want to let you know, like I'm not seeing anybody else <laughs> at this point. And I just like kind of want to know like where you're at, which mm. is like, so, I mean, I just like cringe at that being like sort of, I think this is such a theme in that relationship for me where it was like, not me saying what I wanted or needed but trying to figure out what he wanted right. and he needed and just adjust myself yeah. in line with him. And what's like the least, the path that's least likely for me to push him away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so, so off to an amazing start. Um, I'm on the path to becoming just like completely deranged, <laughs> but I don't know it. It's a good like <laughs> memoir title. Yeah. So as this is like, as this relationship is starting and I'm just like, it's super like cool. And like, it didn't help that somebody, one of this guy's friends, one of Mark's friends was like, I don't know what you're doing, but just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Cause he has no idea how what like how to handle himself and he just doesn't even know what's going on and I was like that's cool <laughs> like, Wait, okay like, so why did you think that was cool? I thought it was cool because it was like this this friend of his who was like older and seemed like so wise and so mature was telling me literally verbatim just keep doing whatever you're doing because like he's like hooked Oh, okay. basically. Okay. So, so definitely after that point, I'm absolutely not going to say like, what are we? Which like <laughs> obviously is flawed in and of itself. Like I would never say to a guy now, like, what are we? <laughs> like giving the guy. Yeah, like he gets like, to define it. He gets to define it. And like, I'm putting that power in his hands. Like, absolutely not. But even at that time, I, even though that's a really problematic thing to say, like, that to me at the time would have been seen as like really needy mm -hmm. and like disgusting. Right. Yeah. So other, other girls, other lesser girls might do that. Right. I'm not like those insecure idiots. Mm -hmm. So how did this relationship evolve? If you could even really call it evolving. I sort of just decided. But, no, I, I just okay. But I, I want to know, but like, what was the story at the time for you though? Cause you're, you're very much saying it from your perspective now, but the story at the time for me was that like, we were just having fun and like we were dating exclusively mm -hmm. and it was great. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you were excited and I was excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was not really showing that I was excited. Like I didn't, I try not to show that. Um, I try to seem, it was sort of like we were in this competition to like seem who could like, who could be the best at seeming like they didn't care. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's an interesting like foundation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. And like, to me is like this really competitive, like Aries, you know? Yeah. It was just like a competition to me. It was like, well, he seems like he doesn't really care, but like, I'm going to show him like how much I don't even really care. 
But of course, like I did care. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> completely delusional. I'm like completely delusional. And I decided pretty early on, like maybe six months in where we're like, we're exclusive at this point, but it's like, it's not as though we've ever said like, Hey, like we're boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. when we're out together, it's not like he's saying like, Hey, like this is Justin, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, he did that mm-hmm. maybe twice in the time we were together. And I was like, so thrilled mm-hmm. when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just decided that I wanted a serious relationship with him, but I absolutely knew that I wasn't going to reveal to him or anybody that I wanted a serious relationship with him. Yeah. Just this like, so such a fucking weird. But my question <laughs> is, were you like anxious? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. But for me, it was like, I'm never going to, I'm going to try to hide the fact that I'm anxious because only confident women are beautiful. And like, if I am seen as anxious or if I'm seen as needy, he's not going to love me and he's going to end it with me. So I'll just, I just need to do everything in my power to seem confident Mm -hmm. and seem like I'm completely unfazed by everything. Even if I'm like totally not getting my needs met. It's like mind over matter almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was like really at a point. I mean, my whole life had sort of culminated to this place or all the circumstances in my life had um, sort of worked together to produce in me this sort of toxic positivity. Like I just, I just would tell people like I decided to be happy one day, so I'm happy. (laughs) And I like really would like say that, you know? And it's like, it's not that, it's not that hard. I'm just like deciding to be happy, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just knowing that like, well, part of this is like, if I'm sad, like no guy's going to like me. And this is coming Mm -hmm. out of my relationship where when I was depressed, my college boyfriend told me that I was bringing him down with my sadness. So like I'm running far, 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 far in the direction of overcorrection. So, okay. Yeah. Why though? It was, it was really unclear to me, like why I wanted a relationship with Mark, Mm. like why him specifically? Mm -hmm. It really wasn't clear to me. And I wasn't interested in like finding out either. (laughs) Yeah. But like looking back, I know that part of my desire for him was fueled by my upbringing, which had drilled into me that you should try to marry the first person you fall in love with. And there had only been two other guys before Mark that I loved and it hadn't worked out with them. Mm. So when I met him, I just thought like, okay, well maybe this is it. Yeah. Like it wasn't them, yeah. but maybe this is it. And I was also pretty naive at that time about dating. Okay. I hadn't been living in LA that long. So even though there were many eligible young men in my area, I was just totally fine un- strapping <laughs> yeah. boys. I was just like totally unaware of how easy it could be to swipe around and explore more options. And I was also like raised and groomed to like just settle on the option that seems like just okay. <laughs> so like I met him and I'm like, yeah, like he's cute and he's like, decent and he has a job so like seems good enough which is like you know my upbringing like perfectly positioned me to just accept whatever was in front of me so even if it had occurred to me that I could like date around and sort of play the field it just I don't think I would have done it okay yeah And I think I also still had some internalized stigma about it being slutty to date more than one person at once. I think so. Okay. I don't think I would have admitted that or even knew that that was Mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. 
another troubling part of my attraction to him, I think was based in me not feeling secure about his interest in me, Okay, which sort of reminded me on a subconscious level of my dad. Obviously I have no idea of this at the time. Yes. And you know, what struck me as you were telling your story about you and Anna was that she said to you that she felt like she had too much power mm-hmm. in the relationship. Yeah. Something that Mark also said to me felt like he had too much power in okay. the relationship. Yeah. And that he didn't want that power. He never asked for that power. Right. <laughs> Lo and behold, he had it. And I mean, that was, he and I had a relationship in which I was trying to get my needs met in really un- indirect ways. Right. Cause I knew it was like desperate and gross yeah. and needy to ask for what I wanted. Um, or at least I thought it was. Yes. So on the, but on the rare occasions where I would explicitly say what I wanted, like asking him to remind me that he loved me, you know, like mm. asking him to verbally express. That's pretty affection. Specific. Yeah. He would completely shut down and explain that. He needed things in the relationship to happen organically. And like, why couldn't I just understand that? Mm. So any questions so far? Yeah. I mean, I just, again, I want to check in on like the sense making aspect of like how you were, how you were viewing these, uh, this progression of events. How I was viewing it. It's so weird because I was just in this state of like constant, rationalization I was just like I would talk to people and I wouldn't even really like I would know if I were to tell them like exactly what's going on they would tell me that this relationship is fucked up yeah so it's like I'll sort of tell them the truth and if I do tell them the truth I'll be like no but like you don't get it like I'm I'm totally fine with this like I don't need him to do anything else like Mm -hmm. I'm completely like happy with the way things are. So it involved me lying to myself constantly about what I wanted and needed and then lying to other people in my life, including, you know, like my family who saw that things were not quite right Right, right. (laughs) in this relationship. And on top of that, like, of course, all of this really backfired because I just latched onto the idea that this is the person that I want to be with. And I even had this like vision of like what it would look like when he proposed to me. (laughs) Like, and it wasn't like a crazy, like romantic thing. It was just like in his backyard, like something really simple, (laughs) like something really elegant. Like it's just the two of us. But like, as soon as I like had that envision, that vision in my mind, it was like, Everything I do needs to make sure that that happens. Okay. Like everything I'm doing, it's like, I can't let this person go, but it was like, I don't even know who this person really is. So of course he sensed that. Yeah. Right. Like you you sensed your like lack of groundedness (laughs) and stability. Yeah. Well, He sensed that I wasn't so much falling in love with him as much as I was falling in love with like an idea of him or that I was just being triggered like by old wounds. I don't know if he would have been able to articulate this, but he knew that like I wasn't really seeing him. It was like, yeah, you were, couldn't see past your own fear in some ways. Totally. So we fell into this, this pattern. I mean, what was being triggered for me, just sort of context was that, he really reminded me of my dad. Um, so original, <laughs> but he just ima- mm, like reminded like dad. me. That's a nice premise. <laughs> he reminded me of my dad and that like, I was sort of like unclear, like how he felt about me. Like I knew that my dad loved me, but I also saw that he was like not willing to side with me, like over my mom. Mm. And So it was just clear to me that he, my dad had conflicted feelings about how to raise me. Okay. And, and so I just like felt like he really loved me, but he wasn't really being honest with my mom about how much he loved me. Oh, wow. (laughs) And like, he wasn't standing up for me, you know, Mm -hmm. in the ways that I wanted. Yeah. So 
that ambivalence, like just there was like a shadow or like an echo of that with Mark. Yes. Yes. And so I was just like, I, that repetition compulsion, um, which, you know, is a term for seeking people that remind you of people that hurt you in the past, because you think this time you're going to fix it. Like this time you're going to heal the wound. And it's like, you're going to slay the dragon finally. Yes. So Mark and I fell into this pattern where I would pursue him and he would distance. And this is just a very classic little tango um, in which the more I chased him, the more he pulled away. And this lasted for four years. (laughs) Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. So how did things finally end? And then what did that lead to? Okay. Well, I think eventually we were both so sick of this pattern where I'm chasing him. He's pulling away. The more he pulls away, the more I chase him. Eventually things fell apart. Um, but what surprised us both was that through that drawn out breakup, mm-hmm. we actually connected in a real way. For the first time, it was like we were being more honest with each other. We were being vulnerable with each other. I was like crying. I was like, you know, like yelling at him. All these things that like were finally coming to the surface because it was like now that this is ending, like I can just finally like tell the truth. Yeah. And you're not, you're not, you're not trying to contort. Exactly. To preserve. Finally, it was like, I'm willing to not. I'm going to stop lying. Yes. And this is not an uncommon phenomenon. Like if you've read anything by Esther Perel, like, you know that this is not an uncommon phenomenon, but we didn't know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like we felt like something special was happening. Like we felt like it meant something that we were finally able to be vulnerable with each other and like really connect. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we sort of like, broke up and like got back together and we were like, maybe this means like we're supposed to be together. Um, and we were not able to like really stick the landing or like carry over what we learned from the process of breaking up. But what was cool was that when I finally let go of that relationship and needing him to heal wounds from my childhood, like something I didn't expect happened which was that I was able to actually see him clearly yes, and love him for who he was for the first time. Right. (laughs) Which was a really wild, like bittersweet experience. Mm, Totally. And, and since then, so now it's 2022, we broke up like four years ago. So 2018, um, since then that experience of like getting to know him. Yes. And love him for who he is without this sort of churn of like, I need him to figure out that I'm great (laughs) and like just finally come around on me. Totally. And like that you're like just your perseverance and your will was going to win. Totally. Yeah. Like once you release that, then it becomes a totally different story. Yeah. So like having that sort of. I don't know how to, how to frame that. It's just like that bittersweet experience of being like, Oh, like once I let you go, like I was able to love you like that cast this sort of glow over our relationship where like once I had grieved the breakup, Mm -hmm. he and I were, have been able to connect since then, like as friends Mm -hmm. on the basis of mutual regard like appreciating our differences and a sense of gratitude for how we each grew up in that relationship, however dysfunctional it was. So yeah, I feel really grateful for that. Yeah. And like that, I feel that and I, I'm jealous of it because with, with my ex, with Anna, like we don't have that. And so it, I do feel like it's like this, displaced part of my life that I went through because I don't have a relationship with that person yet yet for now for now (laughs) true Anna if you're listening (laughs) 
call in. <laughs> um, You're watching the basketball game? It's in the background. Okay. You don't understand how ADHD works. That's absolutely true. Except I kind of do, and I think I actually have ADD. That's okay. another episode. Yeah, and we can't. We, <laughs> you, you have to stop. <laughs> um, okay. Great. With okay. That. So we've taken these stories as sort of a way to get back into our own relationship with each other and process how we're viewing the story of our relationship and how it's evolving and maybe potentially blind spots around that. And we want to talk about that in a future episode. Yeah. So when season two starts, keep an eye out for a special episode on the story of how Dan and I started dating. And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Our music is by Nightlight. We self-produce this podcast, so please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps. <laughs> <laughs>